This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 99 of Jurassic Park. Brady, we are almost to 100. I know. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. It's crazy. It's so close. And uh, now this is actually one more episode, and that's the furthest we've been into a movie on the Minute by Minute podcast. We ended Ghostbusters Minute at a combined Minute number 99 and Minute 100. Yeah. Yeah. So starting Monday uh, with minute number 100, we are going to be the furthest we've ever been into a movie on the Minutes by Minute podcast. And and we have some uh, pretty cool guests coming up next week, too, don't we? Yeah, it's we're actually going to have uh, the gentleman who runs Jurassic Collectibles on the show with us. Uh, you can find more of the, what he's got going on at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Collectibles. Now, the minute that we're going to be getting into is where Ellie finds uh, Ray's arm, his severed arm, which falls on her shoulder. Well, he actually owns that prop. You're kidding me. No, he actually does. He got his hands on it. He owns something even more interesting. And I would save it for the show, but it's it's so crazy. I I have to go ahead and say it. Uh, There was apparently a prop leg made as well. And she was going to trip over the leg and then get up and have that limp that she's running with for the rest of the scene, which I've always kind of seen her have this like sprained ankle or whatever. And been like, well, that's uh, strange. Where did that come from? Yeah. And so somehow he got his hands on that as well. And you can see, That's you crazy. can actually, yeah, he's got a YouTube channel as well. It's youtube.com slash user slash Jurassic Collectibles. I guess if you want to just go search for Jurassic Collectibles on YouTube and uh, you can actually see both of these props on there. So um, really cool guy. We're going to be having him on for minutes number 104 and 105, which I believe is uh, next Friday and next Monday. So definitely tune in for that. Um, can't wait. Can't wait to have him on. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to talking about it, Brady. Uh, are you ready to go ahead and get into minute number 99? Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, we saw Ellie and Muldoon realize that the raptors had escaped their pen. As the minute ended, Muldoon told Ellie that they were now being hunted. At minute number 99, Muldoon stares straight into the jungle. His gaze does not waver. Ellie looks around frantically. Muldoon tells her that there's something watching them from the bushes just ahead. Ellie looks to the bushes. He tells her that it's all right. She says, like hell it is. Muldoon eyes the predator and tells Ellie to run towards the shed. At 99.15, Muldoon tells Ellie that he has her. Muldoon starts to move into the jungle. He turns to Ellie and tells her to go, now! Ellie turns to run and immediately bumps into a downed tree. Ellie tears off through the jungle, jumping over downed trees and swinging on branches before finally clearing the chain leak fence, making it to the utility shed. Ellie slams the shed door behind her and calls for Mr. Arnold. She puts her headset on and tells John Hammond that she has made it inside. Hammond's voice comes over the radio and tells her, Great. Ellie turns on her flashlight in the pitch black bunker. At 99.50, we cut back into the emergency bunker where Hammond and Malcolm are holed up. Hammond tells Ellie to go down a metal staircase. Malcolm gives him an annoyed look. Hammond tells Ellie to take a left turn at the upcoming T-junction. And thus ends minute number 99 of Jurassic Park. So... 
very action heavy minute here, huh? We, yes, absolutely. We get to see the full athletic ability of Laura Dern. I know earlier on in this week, I was talking about how I thought felt that uh, Ellie Sattler was probably the most physically fit to handle the demands of a survival situation in Jurassic Park. And we kind of get to see how here she uh, is able to jump over down trees and jump up and swing from branches and stuff like that. It's pretty crazy uh, how when it's it's time to get into action, she actually uh, rises to the occasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, you said you actually had some... Uh... Some interesting factoids on this scene. What, what, what do you got? I do. In fact, did you know that these scenes were actually supposed to be something completely different than what ended up on film? What do you mean? So originally, uh, it was Muldoon and Arnold that went out to the sheds together, and they were killed by raptors. So apparently, somebody got a hold of some stuff at one of Phil Tippett's auctions, and including some uh, pieces of the script, which were not produced, and some storyboards. So originally what happened is Muldoon and Arnold left together, but in order to get to the utility shed, you actually had to go through the raptor pen. And what I mean by that is the raptors were held in almost like cattle cages on uh, each side, and there was a corridor between them, so you would have to walk through these cages to get to the other side. So Arnold and Muldoon go in. They both are armed with shotguns. Uh, They are walking through, and they realize halfway through they can't see the raptors anywhere and that the, uh, the cages are split open so a raptor jumps into the cage Muldoon turns around and shoots it and then they realize that the raptor had breached the fence they turn around two more raptors are coming at them from the other side of the fence and as Arnold backs into a uh, 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 backs up to get some space to shoot at the raptors another raptor comes from behind grabs him by the shoulder and pulls him in to the pen to kill him and this is all uh, storyboarded out and then the uh, scene ends with Muldoon staring down one raptor with his gun and as he pulls his gun up to aim for it a clever girl comes from behind him and kills him so Ellie originally would have had to gone out by herself because both Muldoon and Arnold were bested by raptors in the raptor pen so it was pretty cool because this is uh yeah I know you had talked about a scene that was storyboarded that came about recently uh which was uh I believe um, the Transource Rex. Uh, no, the Transource Rex actually gra- at the very end of the movie oh, yeah, grabbing yeah, yeah, onto the right, helicopter. Yeah. yeah, so that uh, was also part of this Phil Tippett auction. Uh, he auctioned off a whole bunch of storyboards and stuff like that from Jurassic Park, and they have an alternate version of that ending, like I just talked about, where the uh, Transource Rex reaches up and grabs the helicopter and tries to pull it apart. And then they also have uh, another version of the first Raptor scene that we get to see where they are feeding the uh, the cows. Uh, so there's some very interesting stuff. And I got that from the Jurassic Time uh, Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash Jurassic Time Memories. They got some really cool stuff over there. I had uh, actually not visited this page before, but they have all sorts of stuff from this uh, Phil Tippett auction, all sorts of great uh, production artwork and uh, pictures and stuff like that from Jurassic Park. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. If you're looking for some behind the scenes stuff or some unfilmed stuff, head on over to Jurassic time on Facebook. But I just wanted to point that out because it's funny that we're into this minute right now. And uh, that's one of the, the, the biggest differences that I had seen in any of the scenes that is shown here. So had you heard of that alternate version no, of the scene no. before? No, I hadn't. And uh, it seems like there's, there's a lot of stuff uh, for Jurassic park that is, that is just not known to the public. Um, yeah. And I, for, you know, someone who's obsessed with like, finding out that there were, uh, you know, different casting options or there were, you know, the, there was a, another ending originally planned or something like that for different movies that yeah. I like. There's yeah. so much stuff like that for Jurassic Park to, f- to continue to find out that is just not public knowledge. 
Um, so this whole, you know, Phil Tippett auction apparently brought all kinds of stuff to light that uh, nobody really knew beforehand. So, yes, I, you know, looking at these storyboards, I think it's a pretty darn cool scene. Uh, I do like what we got in the movie better. I think the pacing of what was happening in the movie, this, this one is a pretty action heavy scene and it looks like a very, almost like horror movie type situation. The Raptors are almost like aliens or something like, or xenomorphs. But, uh, what we got in the movie, I think is a little bit more reserved in its pacing. Yeah. And I think it's a better scene for it. The, the, the tension is pulled out over. It's a lot more tense to see Muldoon hunting the Raptor and then him not realizing he's being hunted as opposed to to these raptors jumping out like monsters from the pen and pulling people back over Which, as cool as that may you know, have been. Yeah, exactly. It is something I've actually always admired about um, Spielberg's work is that implication, which I think is so much scarier and so much more effective. Uh, the book, man, if you really want like a really just downright nasty version of this story, read the book. And I actually think this sequence is one of the things that's a little bit, I don't know. It feels a little bit more like the book is when she has to get to the shed and she has to go through the shed. There's a lot of stuff like that in the book, but it's much more gruesome and much more violent. And there's other characters who might be involved then who might die, who might live, who might be torn open at the stomach and have to hold in their guts and all this stuff. So um, if that's what (laughs) you want to see, read the book. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. It's a little, hard for me to believe that Muldoon is not going to already suspect that these things are moving in a coordinated attack pattern. If he spots one dead ahead, he, if anyone in the world, maybe second to Alan Grant is going to know that there's one watching him from the side or from two sides. So, and I know we're not to that just yet, but he would probably have more of an idea of how they hunt than Alan Grant actually would because, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, when we when we had our friends uh, Javiv, Jens, and Kai on, we, they did discuss uh, about a situation where a bunch of Triceratops, I think it was, had been found mm-hmm. uh, together. They had fallen through um, some ice, and you could, uh, from judging from where how close they were in proximity to each other when they died, you could tell like, okay, they were moving in herds. So their behavior patterns, we can kind of pick some of that stuff off. But something as advanced as like one raptor is going to like, you know, you see him and then the two come up from the sides. That seems like something that Alan Grant would just kind of like glean on his own imagination. You know, that there probably wouldn't be any sort of evidence of something True. that far advanced. So Muldoon probably, you know, I mean it sounds like all he's really seen them hunt is cows that were dropped down into cages and stuff like that. So maybe their hunting was a little bit altered in, in that manner, but he would probably have more of an idea of how to come at these things than Alan Grant might even, you know, you know, there's something that happens in the scene that uh, I didn't notice until kind of recently. Um, and it's whenever she's running, she actually doesn't the same shot used twice where she's kind of like hopping over that log. Yes. I and noticed the that as well. She comes yeah. down into a puddle, which I mean, I, Hey, again, I've seen this movie a jillion times and I didn't notice it until like one of the past few times that I've watched it. So, uh, yeah. it's a, it's a tense moment, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's all I've got for this, for this minute. That's all I have as well. I thought it was pretty cool to come across those storyboards and, uh, see where that stuff was. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think it's uh, it's again more that tension. I think it's a uh, you know pretty cool to see Laura Dern you know pulling off all those moves. She did it like a boss. She's awesome, <laughs> as we've said before. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're gonna get into some more tension down in that bunker coming up next week, and some high tension on some high wires. So uh, that'll be coming up next week. And of course, we are gonna have our friends from uh, Jurassic Collectibles on. All right, folks. Well, everyone have a great weekend. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. 
You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media. Yeah.